Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm gonna show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. The Premed Year, session number 452. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to The Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Before we jump into our episode today, I want to talk about the MCAT Minute brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. I often hear the question, Dr. Gray, what do I need? What MCAT score do I need to get into medical school? And I wish it was as easy as saying, as, as long as you break the 505 threshold or the 500 threshold or the 510 threshold, you are guaranteed a spot at a medical school here in the States. Unfortunately, it's not that easy because the MCAT is just one variable when it comes to applying to medical school. You have your GPA, you have your GPA trend, you have your extracurricular activities, and you have your reflection of who you are as a person and why you're doing this, which is what the application and interview is all about. So there's so many variables that go into this process. And sure, maybe there's a little, I don't like calling it luck, but there's just normal normal chance that happens in life of who's reviewing what application and and what, they, what they're thinking that day. And if they're in a good mood or a bad mood, or you caught them before lunch or after lunch, whatever that may be, there's, there's a lot of chance that goes into this process as well. But the best thing that you can do is maximize your score as much as possible. Go check out blueprintmcat.com. Sign up for a free account for all their free goodies to help you maximize your MCAT score because that's what I tell everyone. A higher MCAT score will never hurt you. Go check out blueprintmcat.com today. All right, so I have another great Instagram Live Q&A today. This one was from a couple weeks ago. Tons of great questions, lots of great insight. I know I, I know, uh, not all of you love these Instagram Q&As, but uh, that's what I have for you today. We had a couple great guests uh, the last few weeks. If you are someone who knows of someone who would be an amazing guest here on the podcast, have them reach out to me on Instagram through direct message and uh, we'll we'll try to get them here on the podcast to share their story. Let's go ahead and jump into the IG Live. What's up, Instagram Live? Come to hang out. Hello, Taylor. Corinna? Corinna? Hello, hello, hello. Let's hang out. It's Monday. I had a quiet day today. Mondays are usually my recording days where I'm recording application renovation videos, uh, soon to be mission accepted videos. Um, Miriam says, your book is awesome. Thank you so much. Hello, hello. You're welcome. Hello, Lena. Hello, Goji. Um, hey, Milly. I am good. I'm hanging out on a Monday usually. These are my recording days, recording videos and recording podcast episodes. 
Uh, I took a little bit of a break today. So yeah, hanging out, we had a new employee start from Maps, so I took some time off to potentially help there. Uh, Elena says, I just finished listening to one of your podcasts, the MMI one. Awesome. Is that the one with Dr. Rivera from NYU? That was a good one. I love Dr. Rivera. This is my excuse to take an MCAT study break. Yes, breaks are helpful. Um, if you guys want to come on and, and hang out with me, uh, then <laughs> don't, don't listen to all the hate you get. Love your advice. Yeah, the hate is relatively new. Um, I guess that means I've made it. Whatever. <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't, I don't mind. It is, it is what it is. Um, thoughts on IMGs and step one pass fail and future residencies. Yeah. So for IMGs, step one has historically been the, I get a 99% on step one and I will then potentially be able to go match into a residency here in the States. My assumption, right? And this is just my, my assumption. Um, I don't agree with, uh, step two staying scored, but it is. And so my assumption is that all of the weight for step one is just going to move to step two. And in, in theory, nothing will change, right? Step two will just be the test that has all the weight. Now, that outside of just theory, that makes it much more stressful for medical students. Medical students have historically, if, if they don't do as well as they wanted on step one, Step two was there as a potential backup. Now, not every residency program looked at step two or cared about step two. They only cared about step one. But it was there as a potential backup so that if you didn't do well on step one, you go and crush step two and go, look, see, see, I can do just fine. But now all of the weight is going to be on step two. Step one is going to be pass fail. Step two is still scored. And so all of the weight is going to be on step two without a backup. And remember, for all of you who don't understand, the board tests are, if you pass it, you don't get to take it again. Unlike the MCAT, right? If you're not happy with your test on the MCAT, you just take it again and take it again and take it again up to seven times. For the boards, if you pass, you're done. There's no, there's no, I don't like my score. I want to take it again. So I, I think IMGs, it's going to be the same for the most part my opinion, all the weight will just be on step two instead of step one. Any tips on virtual med interviews? So I did a podcast episode last year with COVID starting and everything happening with some tips on, on interviews. Really what it comes down to is number one, make sure you have a strong internet connection or Wi-Fi. If you can be wired into your, your modem or router have good lighting uh, in, in my basement here. I have big lights off to the side of me. Obviously, you don't need that, but sit in front of a window, get nice natural light on you. And then what I recommend is very different than what many people recommend, and that's don't stare at the camera the whole time. Because when I'm staring at the camera, I can't see you. And human interaction is looking at your face and looking at your facial expressions as I'm talking to see what is resonating, what you like, what you don't like, et cetera. So glance at the camera every once in a while, but then look back down at the person's face like I'm doing now. I'm looking at myself, look back up the camera, say, hey, I see you, whatever, and then look back down. So that's really the biggest thing. Uh, obviously, be careful, normal interview stuff, be careful with hand gestures because it, it can get distracting and stuff like that. As much as you can, Try to be in a solid seat, not a rotating seat or, or any sort of rocking seat because students tend to get fidgety on those things. Uh, Babraham, nice, nice name. Uh, been using your book for secondaries. Thank you. You are welcome. I'm assuming you're talking about my new book, The Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the Medical School Application Process. There's a whole chapter on secondaries in there. Applying next cycle, would you recommend taking the MCAT this year or next? If you can do it this year, really, there's no harm in doing it this year other than rushing it just to take it this year. I got your new book and love it. So organized. Awesome. How does the HPSP scholarship work? So it's HPSP, not HSPS. <laughs> HPSP. 
Um, it works by getting into medical school, applying for a scholarship and accepting it or not. Ideally, you're talking to a recruiter beforehand so that you kind of know everything beforehand. Army, Navy, Air Force, public health, the VA now offers an HPSP scholarship. So the VA may be a, a valuable option for many people because you don't have to deploy working for the VA. Um, but they pay for medical school. They give you a monthly stipend. They pay for medical school. They pay for all your fees. And then you just serve on the other end. Any advice on the MCAT? Yes, listen to the MCAT podcast. How do I get your pre-med books in Ghana? Um, <laughs> Amazon.gh, <laughs> is that a thing for Ghana? Um, yeah, I don't know. My, my books probably won't help you in Ghana. Your pages help so much. Getting confidence, awesome. Hello, Dr. Gray. My GPA, unfortunately, is low with a 3.43 cumulative 333 science, but my last two years, and this is the important piece that I want all of you to understand right now. I want you to understand that you don't have to have perfect stats. The most important part of this question is my last two years of full science work were consistent 3.9s. Am I okay to just focus on the MCAT? Yes, you are. Your GPA is fine. So I get lots of flack for saying, oh, Dr. Gray says someone with a 3.4 can get into medical school. Yeah, when you have two years at a 3.9, that shows a ton. It shows they've overcome, right? They struggled early and have overcome. It's the whole point of this process. The whole point of this process isn't to be perfect. It's to show that you can overcome if you've struggled. Now, I'm not saying go out and struggle just so you can show you've overcome. But if you have struggled, you can overcome. Now, I've gotten flack the last day for telling everyone they can get into medical school. But hey, that's, <laughs> that's a different story. If I took a master but withdrew, do I have to disclose it on AMCAS and send them a transcript from the school? I think the transcript just says W. Yes. Uh, read the instruction manual for all of the application services. But AMCAS basically says, if you've stepped foot in a classroom, then you should report it and request transcripts. Filling out TMDSAS as we speak with my new book, Close at Your Side. Awesome. It's kind of surreal that I'm finally at this point. Isn't it, though? It's so awesome. It's so awesome. You've, you've put in, all of you, getting to that point of applying, you've put in so much work to get to that point. Um, cherish every step of the way. If a cumulative GPA is lower than most cutoffs, but the science GPA is above a 3.4, will med schools filter out the application? So the question, your future doc, is where are these cutoffs coming from? That is the question. Hello there. Who's there? They don't even know. They don't even know they're live. Oh, well. Bye-bye. <laughs> Can I pre-write secondaries while studying for the MCAT? Yes, of course. You should. I recommend it. I recommend it. All right. If you want to come on live with me, ask some questions, harass me, <laughs> you can do that. Uh, for the HPSP scholarship, do you have to go into active duty? Yes, that's the whole point of the scholarship. Is it possible to apply to both MD and DO at the same time? Of course, you can apply to MD, DO, and TMDSAS if you're uh, uh, a masochist, sadist, one of those. I forget which one. Um, is this for PA school as well? Is what for PA school? Kavita. I'm almost ready to submit, but I'm scared, Dr. Gray. It's okay to be scared. It's normal to be scared. You put yourself out there, right? You, you spend hopefully months and months working on your application, pouring your heart out, hopefully telling your story on why you want to be a physician. And then you get to this point of clicking submit, knowing that basically the rest of your journey is no longer in your hands. And that is scary. But a lot of life is that way. You apply for jobs, you apply for schools. Like a lot of what you do in life is out of your hands. All that you can do is put 
forward the best application possible and hope and know that someone out there is going to resonate with it. I made a mistake on a date for my AMCAS application. I said the activity ended two months earlier than it really ended. Will this be a big problem? No, they won't know. <laughs> they won't know. What does it matter? That's okay. There's There are lots of date mistakes that students have over time. That's okay. Do schools send out secondaries even though I don't retake the MCAT in July? Most likely, most schools will send secondaries without your MCAT score or without your MCAT repeat score. Um, because most schools don't screen based on MCAT. Uh, if I've taken community college thinking I was going to transfer credits but eventually did not transfer, so I have to put those classes on the ECOMAS application. Yes, every class, um, every class goes on the application from the original place you took it. So even if those credits transfer to your main institution, your four-year institution, you would still put them in as the community college and request a transcript from the community college. I can't stress this enough, everyone. Read the instruction manuals. They tell you all of this information. So don't, don't make any mistakes. What do you think about virtual medical scribe positions in terms of clinical experience? I'm not a fan of them. Um, I think if they're all you can get, it's potentially better than nothing, but for clinical experience, it's just not super great. I would a thousand percent recommend if you can go get real scribing in-person experience. Now, depending on what your limitations are, what your exposure risks are, people who live with you, there are obviously different situations for everyone. If all your spots on AMCAS are filled, do you think it would be okay to combine shorter-term volunteer activities? For example, four different positions, 30 hours, and three to six months in duration each, potentially. You could potentially combine. I like to combine based on impact versus anything else. Um, and so if they're short-term, not a ton of impact, then, then you could potentially do that. I did a post back to put my GPA up and my science GPA is higher than undergrad. I was the high school valedictorian, but life happened and I have a 2.5 or so for cumulative science. Oh, for cumulative science GPA is a 3.5. Yeah, that cumulative stings. That cumulative definitely stings. But if that's all you can do and, and it, it you've done the math and it's like 100 plus more credits to get to where you need to go, then it's probably not worth it and you, you'll just have to roll the dice and hopefully get where you need to go. I wish I found you sooner, only discovered you April this year. I'm applying the cycle. Sorry, Josh. I'll try to try to be better. Um, let's see. Someone else requesting it on. What number of hours should I indicate for publications? I'm thinking zero. Zero is perfectly fine. Can neuroscience classes be calculated in your science GPA? Because I'm a neuroscience major with psychology. So again, instruction manual. The AMCAS course classification guide is what you need to go to. Hello, hello. Who dare? Who dare? Hey. Um, I just want to start off by saying I love your YouTube videos and your um, podcasts. They yeah. help so much. Good. And I wish I found you sooner in my freshman year. But um, now I'm a senior. And I... I am kind of struggling on something, especially due to COVID. Before COVID, I had a research position lined up. I had um, a volunteer position at a hospital lined up as well. And due to COVID, uh, I, I wasn't allowed to um, do anything. The labs are still closed in the hospital. They're still, they're starting to open up. Mm -hmm. um, so I applied again and um, I, I'm hoping to get in uh, get accepted again, hopefully. Um, so it's like a whole process again. Um, yeah. but what I'm freaking out about is that I'm a senior and I have very little, um, I don't have any research experience and I have very little clinical and no shadowing experience except for virtual. But honestly, I wouldn't consider virtual shadowing real shadowing in my opinion. Um, and I don't, I'm not sure, like some medical schools are saying that it could count as real shadowing. Some are a little in between. So I'm just curious as what I should do as a senior. My GPA is, um, is, a, is a, it's a 3.7 right now, a cumulative, right. and I believe it's a 3.4 science, unfortunately. Okay. 
Um, any so any I just trends wanna, in that science GPA at all? It definitely increased. Um, I was not doing that well in my biology classes freshman year. It was, everything was new. I was I just transferred in okay. um, to a new college, and definitely it was a lot more rigorous than my previous college. Um, so just that part was um, very hectic for me, okay. and uh, okay. I got a C plus in both. Um, then, uh, later on, I managed to get an A in Orgo, but then went down to a B for Orgo too. Um, but everything else was an upward trend with A's and everything else. Okay. okay. Awesome. Um, that sounds like you put yeah. in the work. So really at this point, the question is, is extracurricular wise. What, what should you be spending your time with? Yeah. I, th- I think as much as possible, assuming you're okay with the risk of going back out into the real world and, and ex- exposing yourself with proper PPE, of course, uh, getting mm-hmm. back out and, and getting as many in-person experiences as possible. I, um, I would a thousand percent put virtual shadowing, e-shadowing, whatever you've done um, on your application as shadowing. The far majority of schools have said we're, we're going to accept it because be- there's no alternative, unfortunately. So put it on your application. Put it with the rest of your shadowing. Don't don't try to hide it in some corner. Um. Okay, I have another question. Yep. Would you recommend um, me taking, I'm planning on taking a year or two gap year at least to gain experience within those two years. Okay. But would that be enough for medical school? Yeah. Yeah. And, I, I, okay. don't, I don't even think two, two is probably a lot. You can... You can probably between now and even the next application cycle, the 2022 application cycle, get what you need and apply then. The issue is I don't want to make it seem like it's a, I'm checking off a checklist, as you but, mentioned. But everyone everyone is worried about that. But with COVID, yeah. it's going to look like you're checking off a checklist right. because there's been okay. this huge gap. So don't worry about that. Okay. Don't and last that. question. Yeah. Um, sorry for so many questions. Um, uh, for my second, so this is what I'm planning on doing. So first gap year, um, I plan on getting experience and whatever. And for my second year, I'm planning on doing an SMP program at least to make up for like, you know, the science courses. I, that I, don't, I, think, I don't think you need to waste $50,000 on an SMP program. Okay. So just gain experience. Get experience. You've, you've put in okay. the work. Uh, obviously I'm not sitting down in front of all of your grades and looking at your trends, a, a right. 3.7 GPA is a great GPA. 3.4 science is a little bit lower than ideal. But if there's mm-hmm. a nice upward trend of, hey, the last year, the last two years is like a 3.7, a 3.8, a 3.9, you're going to be fine. Don't don't waste money getting an SMP. Okay, got it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a good day. You too. All right. Does adding a chem minor add anything extra to an application? Yes, it's one extra line. It says, I got a minor. If I can fit all my publication titles in 700 characters, can I put my Google Scholar link? You can. I, I don't think it's useful at all. Your future docs, I'm going to most likely consider the Caribbean. I don't think you have to. Uh, again, a 2.5 is, is low, but what is that trend? Remember that schools see every single data point. It's not just 2.5. They'll they'll look at your science GPA that's well above a 3.0. They're going to see hopefully the last 30 credit hours, 40 credit hours, 50 credit hours are closer to a 3.7 than anything else. So um, I would exhaust your options here in the U.S. before doing anything else. Uh, do you know what is crazy that I did not know? Medical school factors in the GPA of the failed class. Of course, unfortunately, failed classes count as a 0.0 GPA. They, they sting. They sting a bunch. Should I submit to one school or all schools if I'm taking a June 30th MCAT? Will schools screen me out based on a crap MCAT from four years ago? No, it, they will see that you are taking the MCAT again and that you have a pending score. So I would apply to one school, and then when you get your score back, add the other schools, assuming your score is where you want it to be, making sure that you're pre-writing those secondaries as if you're going to apply to all the schools later. All right. Got OJ. Let's go, Jay. 
see if that worked. Hello, OJ. Hello. How are you? I am good. So I just had a question. I uh, graduated in 2019. Um, I've been working as an EMT in San Diego's 911 system since then. Um, I am planning on applying next cycle. I graduated with about a not the greatest 3.4 overall GPA and then about a 3.0 science GPA, but they do have upward trends. And then towards like the last couple of years, I was getting like 3.8, um, 4.0s, uh, each semester. Great. I have not taken the MCAT yet. That's kind okay. of been like, uh, that, the one obstacle, but, um, I do have, um, considerable research experience, um, as well as, um, human rights and civil rights, like, uh, extracurriculars, uh, that I've been doing for, for several years. Okay. I just applied to be a trauma tech at, uh, UC San Diego. Okay. Um, and I'm wondering if it, you think it would be worth it to do a postdoc or an SMP, or if I should just try to do like take extra science courses to get the GPA up. Um, what would you recommend in that situation? How many credits do you think is your kind of 3.8-ish upward trend? I honestly do not know. Okay. My, my, most students under, that most students overestimate. So I'm going to say you probably should take some more classes. Okay. Ideally, you're in the kind of 30 to 50 credit range of getting 3.8-ish as, as close to a 4.0 as possible. Um, to, to show that strong upward trend. Okay. So you don't think it's necessary to waste $50,000 on like a post back and okay. Yeah. The, the far majority of students don't need the intense nature of a formal post back. Um, it, it really is just going to depend on your specific situation, where your location is, where you can take classes, uh, the classes that are offered, assuming you can take hopefully some upper division like genetics and stuff like that that maybe you haven't taken before to really show your your capabilities there. And then are those credits um, viewed differently if they're taken at like a four-year or a community college? I, ideally four-year, but if if because of your work schedule and financial situations, it's community college, it, it will most likely be fine. Okay. And then um, with shadowing, so I've um, been doing like the pre-med shadowing. And then it kind of just occurred to me today is like, why am I also not attending the pre-PA shadowing? I definitely want to go to med school, but I think that I would still benefit from at least, you know, listening to what current PAs have to say. Um, is that something that I can also include or like, do you think that would be beneficial? I don't know how beneficial, but, but you can do it and include it and the medical schools will kind of do what they want with it. But it shows okay. you're out exploring and, and taking the time to do that due diligence. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a good day. Awesome. JP in the house. Stop discounting your individual stories and being diligent in your research when applying to schools. Talk to the schools. A phone call or visit is a lot cheaper than an SMP or failed cycle. A thousand percent. I'm a huge fan of advocating for yourself to reaching out for schools. Many schools will just be annoyed by you, but there are a lot of schools out there that will take the time to help you. I recommend as much as possible reaching out to schools way before you're applying because schools will have different rules of engagement for pre-applicants versus applicants. Once you are an applicant, once you are in the application cycle, their ability to interact with you is going to be minimal. Hey, Dr. Gray, I'm a non-trad. Do I need clinical experience for post-bac application? Thank you. Probably not. Probably not. Sahil. Sahil. Hi, Dr. Gray. How are you? Hope you're doing well. I'm doing good. Uh, I was the one that asked about, I graduated from UIC with my neuroscience degree. Okay. I was the one that had the 3.43 cumulative and the 3.33 science. Yep. I had a, it was 54 credits of a consistent 3.9. Awesome. I had a, my last semester, I did an overload, and I did 21 credit hours. Nice. So uh, it, six out of eight of those were upward science classes. Nice. I've unfortunately gotten like a C in every chemistry class I took. <laughs> uh, but I took Orgo 2, and I got a B in it. So I guess that kind of shows that I uh, progressed in a way. So I haven't, I'm applying next cycle. Okay. I haven't taken my MCAT yet. 
I have it tentatively scheduled for January of 2022. Uh, With that upward trend, and I still have experiences, I have volunteering, shadowing, etc. I also work as a unit clerk, which I am really enjoying just because I like talking to people through uh, the call lights and other stuff. Uh, I guess, would I still be competitive or could I get into an MD school instead of just DO schools? Like, Ooh. I guess that's the biggest question. The question that I hate and will never answer. <laughs> uh, I, I don't like differentiating MD versus DO in terms of grades and MCAT scores because right. the truth is, if you actually look at the data, it, it's more competitive, uh, at least historically, um, to get into DO schools. Right. Um, Stat-wise, yes, their stats right. are lower because they have, again, historically looked at other variables. But they're right. getting more and more competitive every year uh, right. because there's just plenty of students who understand all of the work that goes into uh, getting to medical school. So I, I won't answer your question in terms of MD versus DO because I, I think you're you're a good student overall. I, I will warn you that that I would not consider being a unit clerk as clinical experience. Okay. Um, hopefully you know that, or maybe you don't know right. that. Yep. Uh, I, there's another aspect of, I guess I'm fortunate enough with my unit clerk position that I'm also able to go into patients' rooms and sit as like a safety Perfect. companion Perfect. and other stuff if they want me to. You got it handled. Good job. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, no. And I've been shadowing a DO, a hospitalist, and I never really learned about DO through my pre-med advising, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, they were kind of just historically looking at MD schools, but I really began to appreciate how the DOs kind of operate yep. over the MDs. So I, you know, I, with my GPA and stuff, I was unfortunately just a little scared of applying, but I've watched your videos and other stuff. And I really tried putting myself out there with my upward trend. Yeah. See, that's the the problem that I, I try to get through everyone's head is that the final number that you're looking at, your three, four, your three, 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 medical schools won't just look at that and go, no, they'll look at what are your last 20 hours? And and every medical school will have a different process for how they do this with graphs and charts and everything else. And and one of the reasons we have mapped the way that we have mapped, which is where you can go and log all of your hours and, and courses and everything, and you can see graphs, is because that's how medical schools can look at things as well. And so they're going to see that you struggled early and that you increased over time and your last 50-ish credit hours are are great. And and that tells a very different story than just going, oh, three, four, never mind. And then, you know, I guess another follow-up question was people were advising me to do like a post-back or an SMP. Would you suggest you, you, that I do that? You did the post-back for your last 50 credit hours or whatever, right? You basically did what a post-back is supposed to do, but you, you did it during undergrad. A post-back isn't there to just raise your GPA. A post-back is there to show that you are academically capable. And the far majority of people doing post-bac work are going to have so many credits as a denominator that their GPA is not gonna change much anyway. It's only there to show, hey, my last 20, 30, 40, 50 credit hours is about as high as I can go, right? A 3.9, a 3.8, whatever it is. You did that, you just did it your last two years of school instead of two years after school. Got it. And then I'm also currently taking a gap year since I've graduated and my MCATs in January uh, would still, obviously I still want to do the unit clerk thing. Would that still be good experience to keep during the gap year? Yeah. And then what you can do um, in your position is split it into two activities on your application. So one will be unit clerk, Mm -hmm. um, paid experience, I'm assuming, or you volunteer. So, Uh, so so paid non-clinical as a unit clerk. And then, paid clinical as a sitter or whatever else and and you'll split your hours and say you have 100 hours total that you've worked 90 hours is as a unit clerk 10 hours is as a sitter whatever however you you need to break those up and then i wanted to make that one of my most meaningful experiences if i'm splitting it up would i make the sitter portion most meaningful or I, how does that work yeah that I, I would i would try as much as possible oh it be tell your story Right? Okay. Uh, which whichever one you feel will best um, tell your story, whatever part really resonates with you, it doesn't have to be the clinical experience. Um, so it it can be whichever one you feel is is more appropriate. Got it. Ba- that was based, that was based all I had. on your truth. Got it. Thank you so much for the info. I yeah, you're welcome. It. Have a good Thank one. Thank you.
Yep. All righty. They have too many clicks to kick people out of here. Uh, if I'm considering taking two gap years, should I apply for both cycles or should I only apply once? I mean, ideally, you only apply once. Talk to people who have applied. It is long. It is expensive. It is draining. It is stressful. Um, you only want to have to apply once. Color Me Coral. I appreciate the PDFs of the books you included with the early purchase of your book. It is so convenient rather uh, to refer to it wherever I go. Awesome. I'm glad it helps. I actually think, let me see. Is it still in here? Um... Maybe not. I thought there was a. Mm, yeah, never mind. I thought there was something in in the book to get a electronic copy, but I don't see it. Would medical scribing work as clinical experience? Yes, it is clinical experience. Three point six cumulative GPA, three point six science upward trends for both. Two years of experience as a scribe and other things. I took the MCAT twice, five hundred nine on the first, and then a five hundred three. Oh no! Um, I would probably recommend retaking the MCAT. Uh, that five hundred three stings. The five hundred nine, you should have kept it. You should have kept it and said that's good. Five hundred nine is a good score. Um, I. I would try to retake it. Unfortunately, that that five hundred three is going to sting. Uh, every medical school is going to be a little bit different. With do they take the highest? Do they take the most recent? Do they super score it? Um, you could potentially reach out to a few of your top choice schools and say, "Hey, here's my situation. I took the MCAT once. I wanted to retake it, and I didn't do so hot." So see what they say. Um, anyone else? Let's see who's still on here. Does mapped link to AMCAS? Not yet. That's a potential plan for the future. Would pharmacy tech count as experience? It counts as experience. The question is, does it count as clinical experience? I typically don't consider pharmacy tech as clinical experience. I think it's retail experience. Should I keep a 505? Oh, that's that's one of those like tricky, tricky ones. Um, a 505 is a decent score. It's not amazing or outstanding. It's it's just it's decent. Um, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to make that decision. Is the personal statement portion of the personal comments portion? Oh wait, personal statement portion and personal comments portion the same? Yes. So the, the personal statement is, is the personal comments on, on the application. What should I do if I struggle to get LORs from my graduate program due to COVID? Ask, ask, and more ask. That's all you can do. All right. Again, if you want to come on live with me, you can do that. Let's see, how do I write about leaving one medical-related field to once become a physician without sending a negative... Uh, without sounding negative about my current career, I'm an OT. Yeah, so I, I think it's actually pretty easy. I talk about this a bunch in my personal statement book, um, actually, this one here. Um, the the goal, which you're rightfully worried about, is to talk about why you want to be a doctor and not why you don't want to be um, a OT. And so as you write, at least the, the style that I talk about a personal statement is um, what is your seed? For you, your seed is going to lead to occupational therapy. And then for you, you're going to have a pivot point. When did you realize that you needed to be a physician? And then how have you confirmed that you wanted to be a physician? So as long as you focus on the activities that lead you to want to be a doctor, then it shouldn't have to be negative at all about... Um, OT. Hello. Hi, Dr. Gray. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. What's up? Um, so I have a question in regards to whether I should add um, one of my, my internships that I did. So I actually did a BAMA in biotech, and I actually got to do an internship for one of my courses. Um, it was great, but it was a little bit odd. So I 
actually kept asking them about like their research. And as always, the PI was always like, you know, read my papers, which I did. And he kind of focused on like, you know, identifying new markers for like specific diseases so that like he could potentially use those as like therapeutic targets. Now, my role there was kind of just genotyping. So like they obviously needed to know if the specific mice would then be able to be utilized for specific projects that they were doing. But when I would ask the postbacks, um, like about what kind of like project the mice were for, like she wasn't able to give me any information. She kind of, um, she was foreign as well. So I don't know if it was like a language barrier. She would just say, I just, I'm doing whatever the PI is telling me to. So I never was aware of like the project, specific project that they were like kind of working towards. So I don't know if it's something that I should include. I was kind of there for three months. And, you know, after some time, he was like, we'll get your project. We'll get your project. And it just kind of like dragged on and on. I even like overstayed past like my internship time. Um, so I didn't feel as involved. It was kind of like I was just genotyping every day, which was important for their projects. But I was never aware of the project itself. Yeah. So you're wondering, should you even put it on the application? Yes. What is your concern about putting it on the application? Well, I don't have any research, so I don't know if it necessarily counts. I know it was part of their research accounted for them, but I just don't know if I can speak about it as like it being kind of like important. Like I was, I know that it was important for them, but I just don't know what project specifically they were doing for me to speak more of that in kind of like make it. I don't really know how to phrase it. It's just like, I don't know if it sounds like it's research or if I was just kind of doing like their like duties that they kind of didn't have time for. Yeah, I think, I think, unfortunately, at the end of the day, it is what it is. You you did what you did. Now, you weren't the one kind of brainstorming how the research happened and what you were studying. And it sounded more kind of admin related to the research. Yeah. And so tell that whatever story you can tell as best as possible. And um, if, if schools are going to potentially ask in an interview, like, tell me more about this research, then just tell the truth that you were more involved and on the, on the periphery. Okay. I, yeah. I, I think, I think you should still understand what the goal of their research was um, so that you could potentially still talk about it, but without kind of a deep, deep understanding of everything that they were doing. Yeah. And like, I do, I have like some understanding from his papers, but then like whenever I even would try to talk to him, he would just be like, okay, just read my papers. So it was just weird. But right. thank you. Can I ask one last thing? Sure. Okay. So, um, I am, a, I did take my MCAT. I'm actually getting my MCAT score tomorrow. So, but I was a little bit nervous because time wise, it did get to me when I was taking it. So I'm not like super confident in my score. So if I do have to reapply potentially next cycle, I have a lot of letters or recommendation. I actually have like way more than I need. Um, will I need to update those if for some reason I don't get in? Like, will I have to re-update them all of them like when I'm resubmitting them next year? Or will I have to just kind of update the ones yeah. that are the most important and I, then probably add more? I, ideal scenario is at least have the date updated on the letter. So your letter writers will have to update the date. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Gray. You're have a welcome. Good day. You too. All right. Do you recommend listing publications or documenting them as separate activities? I would just list them. Would working in an HIV clinic and research laboratory count as research experience? Depends on what you're doing, but potentially. Doing CNA for one year and one year after I apply, good enough for clinical hours. I don't know what's good enough. Uh, it sounds like you're doing doing well. So same type of question here. I have one year of Cope Health Scholar and one year of community clinic experience for clinical hours. Would that be enough, right? What is this quote unquote enough? And I don't know what enough is. I don't want you to have this mentality that, oh, I have 200 hours. I'm good. I don't need any more. I'm a big fan of consistent clinical experience. One of the, the posts that uh, got a lot of negative press recently was the, the one about gap years, right? When you, when you take a gap year, in my mind, it's not to completely unplug. Sure, go travel, go have fun, and keep a foot in the door, 
in the clinical space because it may look like you aren't excited. It may look like you, I got 100 hours and I'm done. I don't need any more. It may look like you're checking off a box. It may look like you're burnt out of getting clinical experience. So um, I, I never want students to think, okay, I check, I have enough. I'm going to go do something else now. Christian says, I applied this past cycle and was unsuccessful. Should I apply this cycle or wait another year? So my application book, my, my new one, has a whole kind of, um, what do I call it in there? Results, I think. Waitlisted, interviews, um, rejection and reapplying. So I have a whole section called outcomes. Were you waitlisted? Were you rejected? Were you accepted? Um, and really what it comes down to, Christian, is why weren't you accepted? Now you have two wait lists, which means you had at least two interviews, I'm assuming. And so those two schools at least liked something well enough in your application to interview you. Now, maybe you need to work on your interview skills, in which case you can apply this cycle, work on your interview skills more, and hopefully do better. You may lack clinical experience. I've seen plenty of students get interviews with really, really strong stats and not enough experiences to be able to talk about why they want to be a doctor. So you may need clinical experiences, in which case you probably should wait to apply. So it really depends on each and, and everyone's specific situation, whether or not they should apply right away or wait uh, a, a little bit. Is it okay to write about experiences you wrote about in your personal statement and most meaningful in your secondaries? Basically a repeat with more specific information and reflection. Uh, yes, unless the secondary specifically says not to mention anything that you've already written about. Some secondaries will do that. And then I would try to not just repeat the story, but try to, to look at it in a different way or something. Would working with patients in hospice as a direct support personnel count as clinical experience? Sure sounds like it. Um, should you put a third author publication on your app? Of course. First author, second author, third author, 10th author, last author, whatever. It is all good. All right. Let me see. Got one more request here to go live. Hello, hello. Hey, how's it going, Dr. Gray? It's going, how are you? Good, good. Um, great um, post, by the way, just wanted to say, uh, <laughs> the past couple of days. I, I really, uh, sorry to hear all the bad press, but it was very helpful. That's all right, thanks. Um, so I have a question for a Canadian applicant here. Um, just, I did a BSc public, uh, uh, sorry, global health and physiology. Now I'm doing a master of public health. Um, so I'm. On to, do you recommend your book for a Canadian applicant? The Canadian schools. Um, personal statement and interview book. Yes. Uh, the application process book. Probably no. Um, okay. The the personal statement and interview book are a lot more about focusing on your story, uh, which is going to transcend application services. Uh, I, I know people in, in lots of different countries that use those books to help them. The application book is a lot more tailored to uh, the U.S. application services. Sweet. Awesome. Thanks for that. Yep. Um, and then last question I had was, do you, um, so I've, I've heard you in, in your, on your YouTube channel talk about sort of clinical experience being a, a bit of a difficulty for Canadian applicants just because I think it's harder to get access to those. Yep. I was going to ask you, so I have had some clinical experience like um, through research positions, connecting with my supervisor informally Great. and of course on clinical reasoning. But I wanted to know, how do you officialize clinical experience? Is there it doesn't, a way to do yeah, it talk about it? It doesn't have to be anything official. You don't have to have any sort of certificate for it. You just put it on your application and put your contact info uh, the Canadian application obviously is is different because most schools are they're individual applications, and so whatever the school is asking for. Um, 
so yeah, there's there's typically nothing quote unquote official that you need from anyone. Okay. All right. Thanks so much. Yeah. I appreciate the time. You're welcome. All right. Got to show some love to our friends up north. Uh, Brian asks, where can we pre-order your new book? My new book is out. You don't have to pre-order it anymore. Uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you can buy it anywhere. Someone asked earlier, will it be in stores? Uh, eventually, it will be in stores. Um, but the the way that we released this latest book, we kind of um, went off cycle for normal bookstore purchasing um, timelines. So it may be a little bit time before they uh, make it to the bookstore. Clinical experience does not have to be paid. How do medical schools view research in the industry? My research is not publishable and certain aspects uh, are proprietary. That's perfectly fine. Research is research is research. That's awesome. If I get to medical, if I get accepted to medical school without an MCAT, a medical school in Lebanon, would it hurt me in taking USMLE or get accepted in residency? Nope, it will not. Is there something such as too young for medical school? We'll be applying at 18 according to the track. Yes, uh, applying too young can hurt you. Medical schools may want to see a little bit more, um, more time under your belt. But you can try. How much weight does Con Ed actually hold? I don't know what Con Ed is. I am a non-trad with previous career as a firefighter and now critical care medic, but my GPA isn't as strong as the 4.0520 applicant. It doesn't have to be as strong as a 4.0520 applicant. So that's, that is okay. Um, all right, everyone. I'm going to hang it up there. How long were we here? Over 45 minutes. Good good session. My throat's getting a little little dry, a little, little tired. Hope you have a, a great day. Um, keep the love out there. And if you see something you disagree with online, don't attack people. People can disagree with you. I, I love I love the uh, the arguments, but the attacking, man, that stung. Um, take care. I'll see you soon. All right, so there you have it. Some more Q&A for you. Don't forget to check out blueprintmcat.com for all of their great, amazing free resources, as well as the MCAT podcast that I do with Blueprint every week as well. Go check them out, blueprintmcat.com. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on The Pre-Med Years. This is MedEd Media.